Coaches, welcome to this episode of the MeshPoint Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, go check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market. They provide 24-7 support during the season, which separates GameStrat from the rest of the competition. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimesstrategy.com. We'd also like to take a moment to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of our audience knows about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with a playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a priority to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a demo, and let them know we sent you. Excited to have Coach Browns on with us tonight. Um, he's the head football coach at Jacksonville High School out in Illinois. Coach, how you doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, we we appreciate you coming on. Like like we we're talking earlier there off the air. That's snow, so appreciate being able to kind of navigate all of that and, and be with us tonight. Um, how about how about getting us started with uh, you know maybe giving us some background of, about where you're from and and maybe where you played and, and maybe kind of how you got to where you're at now with your journey. Well, I, I grew up in St. Louis, uh, where Eureka, Missouri, where Six Flags is, uh, is where I went to high school. So I was a professional carny for a couple summers uh, working there. But I uh, went to a small Division three school in Jacksonville, Illinois, called Illinois College, and uh, was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to play, play there for four years. I was a defensive lineman. And, uh, you know, my goal was to, to get into college coaching. My senior year was the year the NCAA cut the, uh, the graduate assistantships in half. So it was really a difficult uh, time to try to, to go from a Division three program to a Division one or Division two program uh, into a graduate assistantship. So I started uh, work, working for the Senate Republican staff over in Springfield, which was about 30 minutes away, as a legislative analyst. And one of my college coaches, uh, after two years from graduation, became the head coach at Jacksonville High School and asked me to come and help him work uh, his, his first summer camp. And uh, yeah, I wasn't real happy uh, working in politics. There's just something missing. And from the moment uh, I started working for Coach Stewart uh, at that camp, I realized that, that coaching was what, uh, what uh, I had missed. So I started coaching for him coaching uh, offense and defensive line and went back and got my teaching certificate. Uh, about two years into that journey, my college defensive coordinator became head coach at North Park University in Chicago and offered me a full-time position there. So I went up there as offensive line coach and uh, coordinated the offense uh, as a young guy, 26 years old, uh, lived up there for five years, uh, had a great, it was a great opportunity for me at that age and that stage of my my coaching development to, to be a full-time coach uh, and just especially in the in a metro area like Chicago uh, where, where you had a chance to network and recruit and visit with a, a ton of different coaches. Uh, after five years there, Coach Stewart uh, was on uh, on his way uh, into retirement at Jacksonville High School. I went down and uh, started uh, coaching for him for, for one year as, as an assistant and this will be my 19th year this fall as the head coach taking over for him. Oh, wow. That's quite a journey right there. Well, that's, uh, 
That's an awesome background. That's an extensive background. Um, so real quick, Coach, um, you know, talk to us about talk to us about your college experience. College experience. You said you were a young coach, right? And uh, yeah. you know, you were able to to, uh, to coach the O line and help on offense. What what was that? You know, what what how that experience kind of helped shape you to kind of where you are today? Well, I think we you know we were a building team uh, in a great league, the College Conference of uh, Illinois and Wisconsin. Augustana was a national power. At that time, Milliken, Illinois, Westland were emerging uh, powers nationally. You know, three of the defenses uh, during my time frame were ranked in the top ten each year in the nation. So in some ways, being able to get a first down with young kids uh, playing against some older, that was a success. Uh, but, uh, you know, midway through that, that journey, we lost a couple kids to injuries, and we're going to have to play some young young guys. And uh, – you know, we, we really wanted to look at uh, what could give us an opportunity to compete up front and block people. And I convinced the head coach that uh, some option-type schemes uh, would allow us to, to do that. He didn't want to be a full-blown flex-bone team because we're an I-formation uh, zone team. So we started running a lot of midline double dive back at that time, as well as lead option and a little bit of called dive option. But what it allowed us to do was to, to not have to block some guys. And, and, and so we really started having some success. You know, I told him, I said, you know, even when you were our coordinator at Illinois College, we never beat a single option team. We played a split back beer team. Cornell College was one of, and, and I was one of the first flex bone teams. Uh, Rick Coles was their offensive coordinator, went on to Lawrence University, led the nation in rushing a couple times at D3, put it in at Ripon uh, University after he left uh, Lawrence. Uh, as their offensive coordinator. So, I mean, we, we had a lot of experience facing option teams, and we never beat one. And it was just always such a different week to have to prepare for them. You know, I, I, the little bit of success we had with our option schemes at North Park uh, really told me that if I ever had a chance to run my own offense, no matter, you know, where I was at, I wanted to be an option team. So, I started taking uh, recruiting the schools that ran the triple option and I'd always go in every year and I'd, I'd sit down and, you know, I'd, I'd shoot the breeze for 30 minutes, 40 minutes with, uh, with some, some great triple option coaches in, in our state, like Frank Linty at Mount Carmel, Vern Pottinger was running no huddle uh, wishbone at Belvedere high school. And I, I just really uh, took that as an opportunity to learn from some great high school coaches uh, while I was at, at the collegiate level. And, and I think that uh, that really kind of set the stage for whenever I went back to the high school level uh, of what we wanted to do because Coach Stewart, who I who I uh, started with, he was a, a, a coach to South Texas and was a slot T guy. So they ran a lot of belly option, and he was always enamored with uh, the wishbone and the flex bone. So it was an easy sell to, to start running some options. Coach, I was going to ask you, uh, talk about the different types of option systems you've run over the years. You know, uh, have you, we talked about split back rear, being I formation, even uh, transitioning to the pistol a little bit. How many different ways have you done it, uh, triple option-wise? Well, you know, I, I believe that option is a philosophy you have to have if you're going to be it. Uh, at a small high school, you know, we kind of changed the backfield sets based off necessity, uh, and personnel. We started out as a split back veer, veer team uh, and, and ran that for, for our, our first, uh, first uh, six years at Jacksonville High School. Uh, we were fortunate enough that whenever I went back to the high school level, Jerry Kill became head coach at SIU Carbondale, uh, Southern Illinois University. Well, he was a, a great split back high school veer guy at Webb City, uh, worked at Pitt State in Kansas. Uh, ran it at Saginaw Valley. So, I mean, we had a guy that, that was a, what I would consider an expert at split back veer that even though they weren't going to run it at Carbondale, we went down there and spent three days and he really, you know, got us off on the, on the right foot. And uh, we, you know, first year of putting an option system in, anybody tell you, you're going to have some struggles, but it, it really started taking off uh, about uh, midway through the first year. And we, we had some, some injury situations where we really only had, uh, you know, two guys that 
that could be those split back rear running backs because they're kind of tweeners. You, you don't want just a fullback and you don't want just a tailback type. So we, we kind of morphed into the eye because that would allow us to run midline. Uh, it would be a little bit better on toss because you'd have a lead blocker, whereas quick pitch, you know, there's, there's some intricacies out of split back. Uh, I think it was 2005, uh, week three, we lost three running backs and we had one real stud. So we just made the decision that uh, because we're in the I formation that uh, we were going to put in uh, the flex bone and run a lot of G belly so we could give this one back uh, a ton of uh, ton of carries either side of the ball. You know, he wasn't getting first, – first two weeks didn't get enough touches just in split backs because when you're calling stuff at the line, you know, they can, they can, can mess with you a little bit to dictate, uh, you know, who may, may carry the ball. So we, we ran uh, flex bone for for uh, uh, just about two two years and and you know we, we made it to the second second round of the playoffs two years with it had a lot of success our our fullback led our conference in rushing one of the situations where in our town we uh, we were about twelve hundred sixty five kids in our school when I took over we lost three massive industries in town we lost capital records distribution world distribution center was in our our town and when uh, the world went digital there wasn't a need to ship out uh, cds and uh, records and stuff like that we lost a couple thousand jobs uh had a state facility shut down we, we went down to 950 kids in about a three-year period wow. and we had youth football from fourth grade up and one of the things we noted and we were heavily involved we you know they were running split back rear uh, and, and flex bone whenever uh, we made that switch. And what we noticed was we didn't have running backs and we didn't have many, many linemen at all. But what we had were a lot of wide receiver type kids and uh, our quarterbacks were shorter. We faced a team in the second round of the playoffs that uh, ran shotgun wing T and ran a little bit of midline. Well, our backup quarterback, who is a sophomore, uh, was our scout team quarterback. and uh, he was really slick at at running it, running stuff from from uh, the gun. So we made the decision in 2007 that we were going to start running triple option from the shotgun. And uh, we always had veer veer in we, we, as as power read and things like that came along. We added that. We never lost our our uh, triple option identity of of trying to. If it's a balanced defense, run unbalanced formations. If it's an unbalanced defense, try to run balanced formations, and then we would run or throw the ball to uh, to to the numbers. And uh, this the last two years, we've started the transition and back to being full time triple option first. Uh, two years ago, uh, we we start we went underneath center and went back to to run and split back under under center veer. And in the first two weeks, we lost seven quarterbacks in our entire program to season ending injuries. So we are, 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 uh, it was something that I've never, never seen in my life. And, and when I tell people that, they're like, you gotta be kidding me. Well, yeah. I lost two of them on a motorcycle accident, oh, you know, things yeah. like that, that happened. Uh, so we always have a anti quarterback package, which is, if you don't have a quarterback, something that you can do to get through a game or get through a week at the younger levels, and that was unbalanced single wing. So we started all last year. We we went with that, and uh, we just made the decision with the kids that we had. We were going to to continue to run uh, flex bone from the short pistol, and the, the thing that we have is we do have tight end types. And if I got a tight end, I'm just I'm old school that I want to bell run belly. And I want to be able to run outside veer. And yeah. from that short pistol with a fullback right behind the quarterback, it just never hit quick enough. It's hard enough from under center to run it with a, from a fullback spot, but it hit so much slower that that really what was happening is defenses were having the ability to read the dive and read the pull because it didn't attack right quick enough. So, you know, I'm a film junkie like anybody, and I'd collected some film from uh, – Martin Luther College up in Wisconsin, up in uh, Minnesota that run short gun split back rear. And 
split back veer is a huge part of our DNA and before we were in the semifinals with it, you know, so we knew it, it wasn't a stretch for us to be able to run it. So this, this past year, we, we really, you know, said, Hey, we're, we're putting any sort of spread offensive genie back in the bottle. We're going to hammer inside veer and outside veer and belly and get really, really good because we're playing with a lot of young kids this year that we'll have for, for, you know, two years and left. So that's kind of where we're, we're, hanging our hat right now and that's kind of been my journey all through triple option but the thing that the the three plays I think that that we've always ran no matter what backfield set is inside veer and outside veer and G scheme belly some years midline has been a huge emphasis for us I kind of I'm I'm kind of a trap guy I like running quick trap to attack that three technique so when that three technique gets gets tight well we'll run outside veer then because we can reach him so, you know, I, I'm probably, uh, it's probably sacrilegion, but I don't hang my hat on midline as much as what a lot of people do. I'm more of an inside and outside gear guy. And, you know, trap is, trap is a, a lot less expensive play for me to attack right up the middle. I, I, I like what you're saying, Coach. That, that's that's uh, very similar to uh, what, what I really prefer as well. Uh, let me ask you a quick question about um, how does weather – play a factor in kind of what you do offensively up there. You know, I'm down here in Florida, man. We got the, the rain, you know, but we don't deal with the snow like you do, you know. Well, I, you know, for for about a, a, a 10 to 12-year period, even though we're running triple, we're throwing the heck out of the ball. I know air raid's kind of a, uh, a dirty word to some people on, uh, on uh, the Mesh Point Telegram. But, uh, you know, we threw a lot of fast screens, a lot of quick game. Uh, and I've always felt that a team that could attack the perimeter in bad weather had a, had a you know, a, a decided advantage, especially if you could throw the ball a little bit because DB's got to play off a little bit. They, you know, the, they always talk about T-stepping and, and all these different steps in bad weather. You know, running up up the middle and getting a push in the mud, it's, it's tough to do. You know, we had a couple, couple games this year where it was – really bad weather but if you're if you're reading somebody and you're not having to push somebody off the ball at the point of attack like a zone team or a power team I think the option football and being able to throw the football that's what you want in bad weather we've never never allowed it to be an excuse for us and, and quite honestly some of our our best games have been in, in bad weather I think having the ability to run the football especially uh, state state playoff times, there's always a lot of really, really bad wind, and you see it really affect some passing teams. And the team, it seems to be that the teams that in our state that, that make the state championship games more often than not are running teams. So, you know, I think it all fits into what we've got to do once we get into to the playoffs and the tournament to be successful. Plus, it's something different. You know, we're more and more uh, – the defensive coaches have grown up in the spread seven-on-seven generation, taking on trap, taking on ISO, taking on power, let alone how to stop triple option. That's something that a lot of young guys have never, ever seen anymore. And some of the looks that we we, we started getting from seven-on-seven defenses with a tight end, you know, we're seeing old-school vanilla 50 with fives and a zero that have a hard time stopping runs between the tackles. So then – you know, to stop the runs between the tackle, they'd line up in four eyes and not adjust, and we would just kill people with belly and, and outside veer. And, uh, you know, so I think it I think it plays well into the, the Midwest weather and the unpredictability of it. I mean, we always say in Illinois, if you don't like the weather, just wait, wait, a, wait a day or two and it'll be something totally different. So <laughs> I, I do believe that it helps us tremendously. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That, you know, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting point you made, uh, particularly with today's you know the way football is kind of trending and you know with the way things are going today. You, you're right. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, may not have seen triple option style football, and um, so you can have a distinct advantage, particularly when it gets to playoff time when maybe you haven't seen teams. Um, Coach, I I just I really find it interesting that you guys are a uh, uh, split back veer pistol uh, a concept and so 
uh, maybe talk about because you mentioned earlier, you know, you were real big into inside beer and outside beer. Maybe talk a little bit about how you teach that quarterback, you know, how that pistol look to run inside beer. Maybe talk about, you know, you don't have to give away all your trade secrets, but just, you know, a few things about how you teach that uh, mesh concept versus how you would teach it, you know, outside beer concept from that pistol line. Well, our quarterback is three to three and a half yards from the center. So, so uh, you got to work on the snap, obviously. And, and if I was going to – anybody that's out there that's really thinking about maybe going to, to gun veer, the thing that I will tell you is the inconsistencies of the snap can really be an issue uh, until it gets down. Uh, you don't have those inconsistencies from under center, and that's, that's the big stumbling block. We do a, a dead ball snap, uh, kind of a flip, you know, knuckleball snap. Uh, our quarterback on inside veer. We're, we're going to ask him to step towards the line of scrimmage when he takes the snap. We'll say 2 o'clock or 11 o'clock. And once he takes that step, he's going to pivot on that foot perpendicular to the, to the sideline. Okay. Right. And then from that point on, it's just like under center where you have to teach them so much to get off the ball to be able to get back into the ball. Right. So on inside rear, we are a ride and decide team. We're not a point team. We'll take that pivot step. We'll extend the ball back. We'll ride knee to knee. Okay. Our aiming point is uh, the inside butt cheek of the guard for, for the running backs, and we tell them they've got to hug the double team uh, and then break to daylight hash marks number sideline. Okay. That's that's very consistent uh, from 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 our under center days, where we've had to kind of play with a little bit is outside veer from the short pistol because. Normally, we were a point method where we would turn and run and, and try to either make that decision to give or keep on the third step, okay? Right. Our aiming point was the inside leg of the offensive tackle uh, from, from the running back standpoint. Well, if you're at three yards and you're running completely uh, perpendicular to the sideline, that read key, that dive read key can very easily play both of them. And it, it, there were times that – it, it could could get very frustrating. So what we had to adapt, and, you know, the one thing about a triple option uh, attack, there may not be a lot of plays, but the plays are high maintenance, and you've always got to keep your eyes on, you know, the details because uh, that's where the devil – so we started telling them to take the same 2 o'clock catch and snap, but he had to get into the line of scrimmage to meet uh, for the, the give or the keep with the point method. And when we did that, it put put uh, that defensive end in the conflict that you would get from under center. I'll, I'll be honest, I really think it hits uh, every bit as quick once you get the ball in your hands. Uh, the, the local com uh, college in town, McMurray College, they play Martin Luther every year. And I asked their defensive coordinator, it's been a long time, what would you rather see? Would you rather see uh, an under center veer team or would you have to – would you rather see uh, Martin Luther? And he said that he thinks that Martin Luther's attack is harder to defend because you can attack wider quicker yeah. than what you can from under center. And, uh, you know, as, as, as the year went on, we got better and better with it. And I think, I think belly and trap are, are really good complements with that because it looks exactly the same for them. Right. Uh, you know, the, but the snap is the issue. And, you know, we go – as the staff back, you know, I got a couple guys that have been with me from day one and, and, you know, they, they, they go back and forth. Should we be taking snaps from under center and going completely back under center? But one of the things that, that I really think that the, the, the shotgun veer allows you to do, you can be a little bit dirtier with your technique of getting the ball to get back into the mesh. Whereas when you're an under center team, you got to spend so much time, getting your footwork off the ball with your eyes in the right place to get back into the ball. Whereas once you catch the ball in the, in the gun, your eyes are downhill right at the read, read key uh, from day one. And I will say this, I think that we've also gotten to pitch phase a lot more on the inside veer as a gun team than we ever did from underneath the center. Hmm, that's interesting. Coach, do you find like on that outside veer <clears throat> – once you hook up on the mesh and, and you have your, your quarterback, you, you said you have him working into the line of scrimmage? Yes. Is it, yeah, is he, it, works, it, he works downhill 
towards to, yeah. to meet on the line of scrimmage right at that inside leg of the, the, is, the uh, tackle. Is he almost like uh, shuffle stepping? Uh, kind of like too big, too big shuffle, shuffle, shuffle with the ball extended and pointed at the dive read. You know, I think about in my head is power read backwards almost. You know how you go parallel with the line of scrimmage on the on the shuffle. Yes. Maybe you know, would you describe it kind of like that? Like you're going into the line of scrimmage, kind of like a power read almost. Yeah, I mean, the, the difference is we're not taking lateral crow hops to get there. We're 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 stepping, pivoting, and running. We're actually facing the you know towards yeah. the sideline, yeah. whereas the power read comes across you so right. much. And we're and we're we're a big power read team for a long time. But but the, the the concept of having to get wide to put that guy in the conflict, it's very very similar. In fact, we used to call power read reverse reverse veer. We, we said it was outside veer. We called it outside veer, but the quarterback was the the dive guy, and you know the the running back was the the uh, the sweeper. There you go. Yeah, I was thinking about that while you while you were speaking a little bit. You know what I mean? I was like, I bet the footwork is very similar. You know? Hey, how about uh, midline triple? Any you ever mess with any of that with uh, what what you do? We we have tried. I, I will say that from the split back standpoint, it's it's uh, it's really kind of a funky play because to to run midline, it's almost got to be like you. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the like the slice slice dive action that some split back veer teams do where they, they run right at the center and, and, and they, they cut to the backside, cut back dive. You know, we right. tell them to take a slide step and push vertical at the center's, center's butt crack and the quarterback just pivots out of the way just, just like, uh, like midline. Uh, I don't like it from the split back standpoint when we were toying with it from uh, the pistol, short pistol flex bone. Uh, you know, Sean Saylor, who's on uh, – Mesh yep. point. Uh, you know, he's he he was my longtime assistant coach and uh, on defense, and he's running it, and he, and he loves it from from that standpoint because you're already off. It gives you a chance to read it more. But the key is that you know they got to hit it with speed, otherwise that guy can can play it play uh, both guys. We were like a, a stretch midline read got play a lot out of gun, uh, which is almost like power read, but power okay. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that play. Yeah, yeah. And I love that play from from the gun. I don't I don't necessarily like same side midline from the split back rear standpoint. I just I think it's I think you're kind of trying to put a, a square peg in a round hole and, and and run the play because people say you should run the play. That's why really after about week one or week two, I just I, I said I'm I know we're good at trap and I know we're we can attack that three technique with trap. So we're, we we just we really hung our head on trap and said we're gonna we're gonna be try to be great at inside veer and outside veer uh, as, as and some of the variations and double options you can do off of those and blocking adjustments that third mesh to work on I mean it's it's tough to buy That's find good. the time I think to be great at three meshes and three read plays no, I agree. yeah I, I agree uh, I agree with you Mark and and that kind of leads me. Uh, into my next question, you know, talk about like maybe the number of coaches you have on your staff and maybe how you, you know, work your practice schedules each day in season, um, you know, with, like you said, you got a couple meshes there out of, out of gun or out of the pistol split back. I'm, I'm sure you've got some boot sprint out work you have to do with those guys. And, and so, you know, just talk about kind of how many coaches you have, how you organize it, and kind of how you go through it. Well, we we have uh, our sophomore team and varsity team practice together. Our freshmen practice by themselves. So what I've done is I divide my staff into an offensive staff and a defensive staff. Okay, as a head coach, uh, I don't I don't coach a specific position. I'm, I'm the guy that fills in when there's somebody that has a sick kid or I'm, I'm walking around and making sure everything's done the way that we need to need to have it done. So uh, while uh, our freshmen are working on defense, our offensive staff is running an offensive practice. But we, we, our, our, normal, our normal practice, I'm going to be a game week practice. Mondays we come in for film. We'll do about a half an hour uh, to 45 minutes of film work, uh, whether it's corrections from – uh, the, the previous week's game or scout. 
about uh, 10 years ago, I quit bringing kids in on Saturdays. Uh, too many of our kids need to have a job. And if they don't have a job, they don't, you know, they, they may help put food on the table or, or buy their clothes. And the other thing it does, it gets them away from us for a couple of days. And I think that that's keen. I think, I think we come back strong and fresher on Monday for that. So we don't bring them in at all. And with Huddle now, we send corrections out through Huddle on Saturday. We check to make sure that they're looking at them. We'll, we'll put some maybe quiz questions in our Huddle, Huddle film clips that we send them. So we bring them in and we go over film on Monday. We don't watch the whole game. We watch corrections from the previous game. And then each, each of my coaches on both sides of the ball, they'll put about 15 to 20 practice clips, to, scout clips together. Special teams, offense and defense with dialogue boxes that we shared with them on that Saturday uh, before they come in on Monday. We'll go over those every day. 15 minutes before. So then when we go out, Mondays are our big under-level class class games, game days. So it's just varsity kids. And, and our varsity, just juniors and seniors, we're probably usually around 32 kids, juniors and seniors combined. So we'll go out and we'll go through offensive uh, indie, defensive indie. We make them – that's where if we got – we try to play as few people both ways as possible, even at our size school – so that's the day that we get individual work for a kid that might need to be a halftime player on another side of the ball. Uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll always have a big seven-on-seven seven period where we'll, we'll throw the, the stuff that we need to throw against the, uh, our defense to prepare them for that week to, to walk through what, what routes. Uh, about a 15-minute team period on both sides of the ball. We're usually in just helmets on Mondays uh, just to get the kind of the game plan in. Tuesdays and Wednesdays is really where we hit it hard. We'll come in and we'll have that 15 minutes of film, but then we'll have a 10-minute pre-practice. I've got about four coaches that don't teach for the school, so they usually can't get there till about 4.30. So we've got to do some things that uh, gets our kids moving because we get out of school at uh, 3.15. But uh, we also got to make sure our coaches are there. So we'll do a pre-practice time. That's where our O-line is working on, like, blitz pickup with, with our play-action uh, schemes or our quick game schemes. Uh, quarterbacks and receivers are doing their new drill, their pat-and-go to get warmed up. Our specialists are working on uh, snapping or catching kicks. Our defensive guys that aren't involved in the, they're working on blitz on barrels. DBs are working on footwork drills. So that's, that's a 10-minute period just to get loose. Then we'll go straight into 20 minutes of special teams. Uh, I handle extra point field goal uh, during my offense and field goal block right at the start of practice, okay, Uh, once we get done with special teams. So when I say special teams, we're really working on punt team, kickoff team, and kick return team. Defense works on punt block during defensive uh, team time. Uh, So that's kind of split off. So we got really three special teams that we work on for 20 minutes a day. Then we'll do a five-minute form run. Uh, then, then we go into a, the entire team, all levels together, break off into a defensive position and do 10 minutes of tackle circuit that we do. Uh, a lot of that is, is non-live. It's on rings. It's on tackling into crash mats. It's, it's working, on, uh, working on trapping the ball uh, with defenders, you know, stripping. That's, where, that's, that's every day. We, we started doing that two years ago. It's one of the best things that we've added for everybody in the, in the except for quarterbacks uh they're involved with that then we go right into extra point field goal block for five minutes then we break off offensive and defense based off underclassmen we'll start always start on defense we'll always start on offense uh for sophomores and uh uh in varsity i always do five minutes of screen drill that's kind of like a team takeoff period where we'll throw fast screens or we'll run screens off a sprint out uh, just to get them running and get them moving. That's how we steal five minutes to get good at screens. Uh, and we always do it on air. Uh, I quit trying to do screen drill with uh, live live defensive players because you always have a couple of those half-live All-Americans, or I call them underwear, underwear All-Americans, that are going to sit there and they're going to screw up anytime you ever try to run a screen. So we, we got coaches out there that we just teach kids they got to get the, get the landmarks and, and get upfield. Then we break off every day our wide receivers, our quarterbacks, and our running backs. We'll do our Bama drill, or we call it perimeter option, where they're blocking, uh, they're blocking uh, the perimeter, but we got the quarterback 
uh, and running backs with two coaches for the dive read and the pitch read, and and they learn how to run the field on the pitch uh, based off if we're switch blocking, if we're if we're seal blocking, you know, anything, any any way that we we have to go, they're involved with it. Then we go ten minutes of inside run. That's where we really hammer uh, trap, belly, and wedge dive. We do that against uh, against the defense. We don't huddle. We're on the line. We just hammer it right, left, right, left, right, left. Switch, switch the play. We'll get in, in that ten minutes. Our goal is to try to get thirty plays, and we'll film that from behind. Wide receivers are then doing uh, individual during that time frame. Then we'll go to routes on air. I, I, I believe that. We spend 15 minutes of routes on there every day, uh, Tuesday, every day, uh, Wednesday of practice. We'll try to spend five minutes uh, on play action pass. You know, there's only two or three that we, concepts that we try to run. We'll always run a boot, but then we'll run, you know, our switch route or our vertical route off of – or the sail route off of the option look. So we got five minutes with that, five minutes of quick game of the day, and five minutes of sprint out or drop back of the day. Usually we'll work on one sprint out and we'll work on one drop. Five minutes doesn't seem like, like a lot, but if you've got multiple quarterbacks, we'll try to have one side going right, one side going left, and then they switch. Uh, so they get a ton of reps. And I, I think that's kind of where some of the some of the uh, air raid practice schemes have allowed us to, to steal some moments to get good that if we're doing that from the day one of the summer, we get 25 practices in Illinois over the summer, we're doing that same practice scheme for 25 days of the summer, and then we do it every day of the season, five minutes, it really adds up. So we really work on quality of reps in those five minutes. And then we have 20 minutes a team. All summer long, our team is nothing but half-line option. Okay, once we get into the season, uh, we don't really do a ton of half-line unless it's on a Monday. Uh, because we want to want to be able to make sure that we're getting eyes on the backside scoops and the backside the backside cutoffs to make sure that we don't have any leakage problem based off the team that we see, and then then we switch switch uh, where our varsity kids go practice defense, and our same offensive staff will then do the same exact practice with our freshmen. So our freshmen are getting exactly the same practice work, uh, the same amount of time the same schemes Now we may cut down the, the play, the type of plays that they run. And we usually do, but they're getting the same, same practice format. I, I would like that, that Wednesday, concept, Wednesday. you know, where your, where your varsity staff, O staff and D staff too, I'm sure, you know, they're going down and coaching the younger kids and those younger kids are hearing all the same terminology. They're getting the same technique, coaching, stance, start and placement. You know, it, it, it really, you know, those are the things I think are vital as kids come through the program. It's to make them varsity ready, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it really, really helps. And, uh, you know, I, I commend you on that. That's a, that's a great way to do it. I, I like that idea a lot. The other thing I think that we do a little different, if, if we do have some kids that say they're only an offensive player that will never, ever play defense or vice versa, we make them practice again with the freshmen. So they'll go through the same practice twice, but then you got an older kid that's modeling some of the stuff, and we tell them you're down there to be a teacher first, and so they get the same amount of uh, a double individual time period. Obviously, they're not going to work in team time with with uh, with them. They'll go down and maybe help be be a scout team for our defense, but uh, that helps that helps those kids that we all have those kids that they're, they'll never play on one side of the ball, and I think you know. I, I, I came to the conclusion that it was almost criminal on my part that I would even make them want to have to practice on the other side of the ball. Uh, and it just it, it didn't do the kids any good. Right. So we started doing that. And then Thursday is our walkthrough, which we, we've kind of got a mock game script. We'll call out situations, get them coming up from the sideline, calling out the calling out, you know, the special teams and, you know, stuff like that. And Friday we, we lace them up on most part. That's our practice, and it's 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 really, you know, it's condensed uh, condensed a little bit from uh, from the summer. You know, our summer practices about five years ago. We started going on the field at six thirty a.m. and done at eight, so kids could work. So I didn't have to worry about baseball, and I didn't have to share them with basketball because we got a lot of multi-sport athletes. 
but uh, the, the, the practice structure as a whole, just the only thing that changes from summer to end season is, is, is really just the time of the day. Uh, that's smart. That's a smart way to do it. Hey, Coach McLeod, you think uh, – I thought I heard air rate about three times. Did you uh, – we're going to have to cut Coach Ground some slack here, I think. <laughs> well, well as, a split back, as a split back guy, you know, the air raid's really just kind of BYU's version of uh, the West right. Coast offense. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – you know, so – I think if you look at it from an option standpoint, <laughs> what are you trying to do with the screens and stuff like you're trying to spread it horizontally so you can run the ball? No, um, you're right. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> now, now, Don Watt might uh, be a little yeah. bit upset <laughs> this, uh, this uh, podcast. Oh, boy. Hey, Coach, real quick before we move on uh, in front of the sprint out uh, conversation. Uh, we were talking on the telegram maybe a couple of weeks ago, but I was telling you I've always had a problem with my quarterback who's right-handed sprinting out or booting to the left. Uh, maybe you can give me some pointers and some guys out there having that same trouble. Well, to, to their arm, we teach four on the drop and three what we call it the J, yeah. where you're making the J, getting your shoulders back square to the target. Okay? The drop, the, the drop is kind of a 45-degree drop. And you're, and you're reaching for depth on your steps, okay? So to your arm, let's say you're a right-handed quarterback, you're dropping that 45-degree, you got the ball set, set to your right, okay? You, we put the quarterback at the depth of where they need to be to start the J. Well, then you're on your third step, you're ready to throw the ball. If you, if you don't throw the ball by your third step on the J, you start, I call it pitter-patter, and you're kind of shuffling your step, and then you throw your dart. Now, if you're opposite, so if you're a right-handed quarterback and you're open, you're throwing to your left, we'll tell them that he will seat the ball just like he's a left-handed quarterback on his four steps on the drop, okay? But you have to have an extra step on making the J back two. So you got your first three steps. On your fourth step is when you flip your shoulders and your hips, shuffle your feet, and then follow through. A lot of the big, big trouble that, people have when they're throwing opposite their arm is they've got to drive that backside foot through with on, on the, on the follow through. Uh, and you're actually throwing the, we say throwing the dart and you're following through pointing at the target with that, but it's the extra step. Now we're real specific on our steps with that because we want them to be able to throw before they make their break on sprint out because you're already cutting the field in, in a half or a quarter. And, and we found that if you don't get real specific on it, they'll just keep getting lateral, 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 but then they'll try to throw the ball at the last minute and the defense has really been able to roll and, and slide their coverage and cut off, cut off stuff. So that's how we do it. And that's, it's been really, really successful for us. I, you know, when I was up at uh, North Park University, we faced uh, J.R. Bishop, who was the head coach at Wheaton College. And they, you know, they've run the, the Bishop Dollahan passing camps all over the country for a long time. And he's a great sprint out coach. Well, the head coach gave me the assignment one winter after the first winter there. And he said, I want to be as good as they are at sprint out. You need to break down three years of their sprint out and, and come up with what. And I talked to a couple couple people that played there. And to his arm, it's four on the drop, three on the J. Opposite his arm is four on the drop, four on the J. And once I found that out, I went back and looked at three years of film. And that's almost exactly how they hit their steps and the ball was released on time and was really, really difficult to, to defend if they had if the receivers had good spacing. I can't, I can't wait to apply that, man. I'm ready for spring now. <laughs> I might be able to throw left. <laughs> it's, we got to the point where we're actually sometimes you throw better opposite your arm because you have to get your shoulders square and, uh, you know, get uh, these things right here on the target. You know, we, the, we say the T on the target and uh, with the follow through, uh, you know, that extra step, forcing that shoulder back and then driving that back hip through it. Uh, I mean, those are the coaching points that we tell our quarterbacks every day that, that I mean, they could probably say it in their sleep, but uh, it makes a big difference. Very good. All right. Well, Coach, looks like Coach, we missed I, I, can't, I can't let you go uh, until we can talk about our all, – all three of us have a love for hunting and fishing. 
So yeah, I, I, I couldn't let you go. I've seen a couple of your your uh, hunting trips or photos uh, online, and uh, you know I, I couldn't couldn't let you go without talking a little bit of that. I, I bet your uh, I, I was going to ask you how you incorporate that into your football schedule, but now <laughs> I know you guys are coming in on Saturday. I kind of know how that's going to go. <laughs> Saturdays and Sundays, obviously. Uh, I got a couple places close. I've been fortunate enough to be in the same place for a long time, and you know I, I've had some. Uh, some uh, kids that played for me that after they got done playing for me, uh, you know, some parents would say, hey, if you ever want to come by, you can hunt here, hunt there. And we got some family property about an hour south of here that I, I shotgun hunt for deer at. But, uh, you know, during the, sea, during the summer, you know, we practice early in the morning. So that gives uh, kids the time to, to do other sports or things in the evening. also gives us a chance to get out a couple days, a couple days, uh, a week we try I try to fish one day at least one day a week in the evenings uh, there's a lot of farm ponds a couple of lakes around here uh, that uh, I have access to and the farm ponds are the best you can you can uh, you can do a lot with it but uh, then in the winter time after it's over I got a, a very very uh, uh, how do I say this politically I think my wife doesn't get too upset that, that uh, I want to go out and hunt or fish once in a while to, to get out of the house. Cause once, right. once the season's over, I get a little antsy. So, uh, as I, I grew up in St. Louis, which is, uh, there's a lot of trout streams in Southern Missouri. I, I've been fishing at for 40 years. So I try to get out two or three times in the winter, uh, to, to go do some, some trout fishing. And it just, uh, that's my thing. I say my addiction is football, but my passion is fly fishing. And, uh, Unfortunately, my addiction wins out more times than what my passion does. But uh, it keeps me grounded. Those those days in the deer stand, when when all you hear is the the wind, uh, you know the cell phone. I, I take it with me anymore because my my wife doesn't let me hunt by myself unless I got the cell phone with me. But uh, I don't answer phone calls. It just uh, that's kind of the way to, you know ground you when you're successful but also build build yourself back up whenever things aren't necessarily going the way that you want to so yeah. i was fortunate enough to have a have a dad and grandfather that instilled a love of it for me early on and uh and and one thing about where we're at we're we're uh we got a lot of farm kids still in our community and there's a lot of places to go so i try to take advantage of it well having that having that uh, outlet is is priceless isn't it i mean being Absolutely. able to get away and and have some peace and quiet and you know reflect uh pull in some good fresh air and and just sit there and, and think and you know maybe call a buck in or something or or maybe yeah. pull that big that big that big farm pond bass out of that you know pop that frog on that on that top water a little bit huh yeah yeah, yeah. you know Get that bloodlust out of you that uh, you can't take out in practice sometimes, you know. Get those frustrations worked out on Mother Nature. Yeah. Keep yeah, you employed. you got to have that outlet. And uh, I think Tony and I both can attest to that. Yeah, man, I'm a picture taker this year. That's it. I'm, I just got a bunch of them on camera. I must be falling asleep in the blind or something. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm, I'm putting the time in. I got one day left. This this next Sunday is the last day of hunting season. I got one day. See if I can come That's through. It's gonna be your day. I, I I got I got I got a good uh, good feeling. You better you better have some uh, monster energy drinks before you get into the stand though. <laughs> That's it. Hey, if not, at least I'm going to go eat some barbecue and take a big nap before a football game comes on. You know what I mean? So I, I love it, too. Just a, just a way to get away, you know? That's well, awesome. well, Coach, uh, you know, we're coming up here, bumping up against the hour, and, uh, you know, we can't thank you enough for coming on and, and, you know, talking about, you know, your journey in coaching and, you know, how you do things at your school. And it's been really informative. I think our listeners will get a lot out of it. And we just really appreciate you coming on, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate everything you do on uh, uh, the websites. And, uh, you know, Telegram with MeshPoint has been a great uh, great avenue to really network with some people on a, on a daily basis as well. And, you know, thanks for, for everything you guys do to, to help uh, continue to promote a a great offense that uh, I'm glad there's just not a lot of people that understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Coach. Thank you.
That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at TheMeshPoint. Again, on Twitter, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.